This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Job One. We're excited to be with you today and I'll tell you about a great program for all of you who have been watching before. My theme in Job One has always been we all have a career coach, and we need to train that coach to do the best job they possibly can representing us in the job market. And that career coach is us. We've got to sell ourselves. Just like if we were selling a computer or a product or a service, we're the product, we're the service, and we've got to sell it to the employers or the department manager or HR, whoever is that decision maker on giving you the ideal job that you've been fighting so hard to get. And today with us, I've got Sue Ebner with Ebner Consults, who is a pro on selling services and products. And we're going to see the similarity when we're selling ourselves and our talents and our skills and our services are very similar to when we're selling a product. I'm not training us to be salespeople other than one product, and that product is us. So let's welcome Sue to the program. Sue, it's great to have you. Tell us a little bit about your training, and then we'll get into how this applies to interviews. Thank you very much, Phil. It's great to be here. What I have been focusing on in sales training is helping organizations and helping individuals increase their revenue or at the same time invigorating their sales culture. And what's interesting about the process is that there are, I look at five stages in the sales from creating a value proposition all the way through a solution presentation. But what is unique about that is I incorporate the four behavioral styles in each of those stages. And the first one is, you hear different terminology, but I'm going to use the word a dominant. And a dominant is somebody who is very focused, decision maker, moving forward. Uh, the second one is an influencer. I look at you and I can say, Phil, you're an influencer. How do I know that? First is that of good all, or bad? Oh, they're, they're all wonderful. Okay, they're good. all wonderful. I know that you're an influencer because when I walked into your office, it had color, photographs of your family, and it had all these different types of artworks. When you talk, you talk with enthusiasm. You talk with your hands and your gesturing. Your voice is up and down, and you're very people-concerned. Another mode, another behavior is what's called a compliant, or sometimes you hear that as an analytical. And that would be somebody, if I walk into their office, they're going to be very neat. They're going to have piles of files, piles of documents. It's going to be very cleaned and orderly. And when I ask, would ask them a question, it's going to be a yes or a no response. The last behavior is going to be that of a steadiness, or you might hear of an amiable. And if I walk into their office, they're going to not just have chairs, they're going to have a couch. Because they want people to come in and to sit down and to chat or they're going to have pictures of their family members there. So it's a very, all four of those have very distinct behaviors, distinct ways on how they want to be communicated to, how they process information, and very importantly, how they make decisions. And why I think that is very critical is that selling yourself 
Selling a solution, selling a product has everything to do with developing rapport and developing trust. And we all come from a different background, right? So your style of selling may be different than my style, but we're both equally effective. Exactly. If we, if we know what our style is, right. and at the same time, if we know what the, who we're selling to. So let's take for the example of I am selling myself to an employer. Right. I have my job. I want this company so bad. It's very critical for me to know what my behavioral style is. But at the same time, if I'm interviewing with you, I have to know what your behavioral style is because I'm the one that has to adapt to you. That's right. You're yeah. not going to be the one. I'm the decision that, maker. Exactly. And at the same time with you being the decision maker, it's my responsibility to help you move along the process to make that decision to hire me. So it has everything to go back to identifying what your behavior is, developing rapport, developing trust, telling to you about me, my value proposition, what I can bring to your organization, how I fit with your corporate culture, and what my skill sets are so that you can say, I want you. You're critical to my success. So you mentioned the five stages of a sales process. Give us those five in a row so we can have those with us. Be glad to. The first is creating a value proposition. Second is identifying and qualifying a prospect. The third is making that first phone call. The fourth one is a discovery meeting. And then the last one is a solution presentation. And they sort of build on each other, they obviously. They all build you, on you each other. You can't jump around, right? No, yeah. no. It's all about preparing. It's all about preparation. I need to know who I am. What is my value to you as an employer? And I need to be able to know that with confidence, and it has to come from my heart. The second one is identifying a prospect and qualifying the prospect is, I want to know what employer I want to work with and why. And is it something that because they, are, they have a cafe inside their, their office, or is it because they're lean? Is it because they're located in San Diego, but they have the opportunity for me to travel globally? The third one is making that first phone call. And again, it's not that cold call. It's a warm call because I have done my, I have done my preparation, and I hopefully have had an introduction or referral into somebody, into that decision maker. My fourth one, the discovery meeting, is that interview. It's trying to develop the report, trying to develop the trust, trying to understand what your true needs are and your challenges. And then the last one is that solution presentation is based upon all of my preparation, based upon knowing what your needs are and what your challenges are. How can I provide value to you? How can I provide a solution to you to be able for you to overcome what those needs are and what those challenges are? If I were watching this, I would, I'm not going to fake being me. I am who I am, mm-hmm. right? And if I'm interviewing and you don't appreciate this, then maybe this isn't where I work. How far do I go to please the decision maker but not lose sight of, I don't want to win the battle and lose the war? Yeah, I got a job offer, but that isn't the culture. I played the game and I got the job offer, but I don't want to work there. So how far do I go Number one, to make sure this is the job I want in the culture I want. And how much role-playing do I do that I don't feel I'm being myself? Right. Let's first go back to who I am. And you brought that up. And that is my value proposition. So let's go back to the five five stages of the sales process. And briefly, value proposition stage one, identifying your prospect. And for a job interviewer, that is who is the company that I want to work with? 
Why? What are those characteristics? The third one then is making that appointment. Somehow I have to get in touch with you, right? The fourth one is what I call the discovery meeting, which is the interview. And then the last one is solution presentation. What can I bring to you as an organization? So let's go back to the value proposition. And your, your, your question of, I don't want to be fake. I want to be authentic. And you have to be authentic. Good. If I'm not authentic with you as a potential employer, there is going to be that that crash or that you clash show up at for some work, point. You're not going to be the person I interviewed. Exactly. Right? You're right. all outgoing and bubbly in, in the interview, and then you show up for work, and you're very quiet and reclusive and want to go into your cubicle. Now we're, we're going to both go, what happened? Right. But, Phil, I challenge you, though. If you're the employer, and I'm now coming to you as, a, as, a, as an interview, I'm also hoping that you're going to be authentic. Yes. So it's, it, it still goes back to how are both of us developing rapport? How are both of us developing trust? So going back to that value proposition, how am I authentic? And we know, we know that, and of all people, you understand this too, understand what your expertise is and what your organization provides the community, is that I have to know what my skill set is. What am I good at? Um, am I good at agile um, methodology in creating a, a technology system, or am I looking at, am I, is my expertise on waterfall? Um, or is my expertise in a particular type of, of cognitive behavior Sort studies? of like this is the product I'm selling, and these are the three great features. Exactly. I need to know my three right. great features. Why Correct. you should hire me. Right. And I also need to know the benefit of those. What are they going to do? What is the value that those features are going to do what for you? What it means to you. Right. Yep. How is this going to impact your business? Um, and... And more importantly, how is it going to bring value to your customers or to your client? So I need to know that right off the bat. I also need to know, what's my passion? And we hear that a lot. But I challenge that in by saying it's, I need to know what my passion is, but I want to take it one step further, and that is, what passion is going to move me? I may have a passion, but is that going to move me into action? And that, to me, is very critical in that, I have this expertise, I have this passion that's going to move me. And in my mind, the next thing is my self-sense of confidence. And that is, I've got my expertise, I have my my passion, but is this something that I could convince you of? And that as I'm sharing with you my expertise and my passion, is it something that I wholeheartedly believe in myself? And is it contagious? Do Do I care? Right? If, if I come into your office, not very enthusiastic, you're going to pick up on that clue. Clearly. And that emotion. And you know what? You're going to, it's going to impact you or you're going to be the same way. But if I can come into you and say, Phil, I understand that you have this particular need. And I want to let you know, I have this expertise. I have this passion. And I have this confidence that I can help fulfill that need for you. And in addition to that... I understand and I want to know better about your corporate culture because I have a feeling from what I've read, what I've researched, who I've spoken to, that I can fit in with that corporate culture of yours. Yeah, and I tell interviewers, as, as the hire here, the employer, there's two things. I may word it 10,000 different ways. There's two things I want you to do for me. I want you to increase my sales or cut my costs. Mm. Right? Increase my sales with a new product, with being a fabulous salesperson, with being a developer of new technology, new apps. You're going to increase my business or you're going to save me money. Because I'm hiring you to make more net profit. 
So if you're aware of that, then those are two key important things to sell to me along with your skill set. Right. And you all have that. And in doing your research in the company, you know this is their product. You know the direction their corporate culture is going and their research is going down this path. So don't sell me I'm great at something over here because I don't need that. So you're absolutely right about knowing what my, where my pain is and what I need. But keep that in mind. Either increase my sell, tell me how you're going to increase my sales or cut my costs because those equal more net profit. So I want to ask you a question. Would you hire me, are you hiring me based upon my technical expertise, my degree, what my expertise is, or are you hiring me based upon my presence? My ongoing theme is, especially with unemployment at 2.9%, and and a week from now, we're going to find it's dropped again. This is an employee's market. I'm hiring attitude, Mm -hmm. and I'll train for skills. I want excitement. I want energy. I want want to know you've done your homework. I want to know you're going to be somebody I'm proud to walk down the hall and introduce to my finance department if I'm HR, or I'm the owner of a small business, and I'm going to introduce you to the three other employees, and you're going to fit in great, and you're going to bring energy to the table. That's the important thing. And so I want to sell that energy, but I want to know that you have done your homework, and you're selling to where my pain is. Right. Because just energy, I I don't know, this person's not going to fit in here. But when they're focused and they've done their homework and they know exactly what my product is and what my energy is, they can sell to what my needs are. And that's really important. I want to refer to stage two of the sales process. And also I'm going to add that to stage four, which is the discovery meeting. Stage two is is identifying and qualifying your prospect. And part of that in my mind is... Through not necessarily yet talking with you, which is stage four is a discovery meeting, but is what information can I gather about you as a leader and about your organization so that I understand what your challenges are. I understand what your pain points are. I understand who your market is. Who are you trying to sell to? And why in your mind do you believe you have the solution for that customer? Um, I need to have an understanding of what your corporate culture is. I want to have an understanding of what has been the growth of your organization. Where did you start? How did you morph? Yeah. How did your organization path along? And a key thing to watch in this is this interview is about what I need. It's, it's right? nothing about me. I dislike interviews to start with. I'm looking for a position that will do this and this and this for me mm-hmm. as the applicant. It's like, this is... There's a lot of time it's about you, but unless, and, and we can park this idea, there are times where I need your skill set more than you need me. And so I'm doing more than selling to attract you. But in most cases, you want what I have. You want, you want my gold. I call it the golden rule. What's I have the, golden the gold rule? and I make the rules. So this is the job. This is the compensation package. This is the work environment. This is how much travel, all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So be careful in the interview not to say, I want this, I'm looking for this, because you're looking to give it to the employer in this case. Mm-hmm. And in the conversation, there's certainly clear things, how much travel will there be involved in this if you get to that point. But in the beginning, it's all about selling you to me mm-hmm. occasionally. And then when I want you to not think you're a finalist for this, then there's more discussion on it. But let's be careful that it's not what 
I'm looking for. It's what the employer's looking for. Exactly. I agree with you. Now, let's take, let's go to that next one, what I call the discovery meeting. And now I'm having my opportunity. I've done all of my research, my outside research. I've talked. social media this day, it's uh, very there, easy. There's no excuse not to know a no. ton about this company right. and this person that you're I interviewing feel with. I should know everything about you. And I should also be a, have been able to have conversations with people who know you. So that I'm not only asking them about you professionally, but I'm also asking about, so tell me a little bit more about Phil. What does he like? What does he, when, when you are talking with him, what is his body language like? Where does he want to take this company? Exactly. Um, so there's things outside of just the, the black and the white that I want to know more of. So now that I'm actually, when I'm finally meeting with you, and I'm now in this interview, I'm now prepared with, Number one, a series of questions to ask you right. to better understand. Let's go back to what we first talked about. The it's all about building rapport and building trust. Um, it's also be, has, it, I'm looking for the ability to be able to show to you that I have good communication skills, that I'm an excellent listener, that I can qu- ask very impactful questions. I can be very active in listening, and that takes me to some more questions. So I want to make sure that I have... I am confident in what I'm bringing to the table, who I am, that I'm confident communicating to you my value proposition, that I'm asking you some very impactful, thought-provoking questions. We're having a conversation. Exactly. So we're getting to know each other. Don't, and people lose sight of that. But in that interview with you, it's, it's I still have the responsibility to still ask you questions because you may still have some other issues or some needs that I can fulfill, I can fulfill for you that I don't even know about yet, and I feel that it's my responsibility to be inquisitive, to act, to be show curiosity, to be able to to show to you that I can do this job, but I have a lot more that there, there's more that I can offer than just that. that that's more than on the resume, exactly. On the piece of paper. And I yeah. think from your perspective, that is good because you're now looking at a candidate who's thinking of the future. Who is, what other value can I bring to Phil? What other value can I bring to his clients and to his customers? When you're doing sales training on a product or a service, Mm -hmm. and and I want these five things, and this product does four of them, right? I want somebody with this experience for the job, this and this, but I want somebody with an MBA, let's say, and you don't have the MBA. Tell our viewers how I sell around a fault. I would first ask, first I would go back and I would say, I want clarification. I I want summarization first that you've identified that I have five characteristics here that you're looking for, five needs. I fulfill four of those. There's one here that I do not have, which is an MBA. I would start asking you questions such as, Phil, I understand the value of a master's in business administration. Share, share with me why that is important to you. And then from there, I would then ask you, what characteristics of an MBA are you looking for? What do you feel that MBA is going to provide, provide you for a, in a candidate that the candidate does not have. So I'm going to be asking you those open-ended questions and then probing questions to drill down to really identify what is it in your mind that is important about that MBA. And then that conversation can go two ways. It can be, oh, we really don't need that MBA. Exactly. The home office or headquarters listed that. And it was questionable anyway, so let's not worry about getting the MBA. Or the other path is, now I understand why it's important, because this job is going to grow into managing the finance department or something, and say, let me tell you, I've already researched, 
and I can get my MBA at uh, USD Executive MBA, and it's every other weekend and something, and I've already got the cent, and I'm ready to sign up. If it's important, I'll learn the MBA parallel to learning your company. So I've sort of solved that. I don't have number five now, but I'm going to get it in 18 months. You're and right. the, and the initiative is so impressive. Right, and and it. And how we got to that resolute, how that response was by me asking additional questions. So it goes back to when I'm talking with a potential employer, when I'm talking to you, um, how am I engaging you? How are we engaging with each other? It's questioning. It's impactful, thought-provoking questionings. And, and even if they say right now to start it doesn't need one and you come back, but I am happy to get an MBA. It's one of my life goals and I'd like to work for two years between school and, and going back to get my MBA and this is a perfect area. And then the employment, and I'll pay for it. You know, once you work here, I'll pay for your MBA. I mean, Sold. there's a real win-win it is. potential. It is. But let's not ignore that because later I might get back and go, oh, she doesn't have an MBA and not go to, well, it's really not that important. But if we've talked about it in the conversation, right. it's like, who cares about the MBA? Right. She, like, outed me on that. Right. So let's take an analogy and go to the sales, to a sales opportunity, where my whole life has been, has been selling services. And it was, I thought that they, I'm, they told me that they want this, this type of a service. But it wasn't until I had that opportunity to have that one-on-one with the decision-maker and to be and to ask those impactful questions to really be able to determine they not only want this but they actually want all of these here, or it's they just didn't know they, they wanted didn't know all it. Those. That's yeah. it. And that questioning helps you helps both me, but but you as a decision maker to better understand what your needs are, and for you being a decision maker selling to your clients, you're making yourself that much more valuable to your clients. Because you're now able to offer them more than what you even thought you could. Yeah. And we all need to keep in mind that we're not all going to apply at huge companies, right? We're going to be working at middle, middle size or even small companies that it's the owner and three other people. And that's a very exciting environment for young people to work in. Lack of structure, a lot of creativity, you're involved in a lot of issues. So this is the time, as we talked about, to sell to that business owner who is so worried about this higher because he makes or she makes so few of them and they're so costly to him or her to say, not only am I getting this skill set in a researcher that I need for my new product, but she's also good at this and this and this, which we're going to need in the next two or three months. And I hadn't even thought about it. Right. So think ahead on the especially small businesses about the other skill sets you bring and where you've had experience and where you've job shadowed and had internships that I think, oh, my God, I don't want to let this person out of the door because they're exactly what – and they, they anticipated what I needed before I even was aware that I needed it. That's when that connection happens. Right. So don't just interview for that job. Interview for that career because you don't know where it's going to go. For the future, for whatever those opportunities are. Especially in small companies, because right. they can zigzag all over the right. place. And, and you're right, because, because we're often so, so oftentimes the, the interviews are, the, are, I have to go big. I have to go big. I've got to go with the name. Um, and it's look at, look at what's going to fit from the standpoint of what your skill set is, what your passion is, um, and is there a cultural fit? And does that organization provide you that opportunity for the future, for new skills development? Yeah. And remember, for young people, the, their average permanent job out of school Ooh, is, is slightly over two years. 
right? So if this seems like an exciting offer and it seems like an exciting culture and company, but I don't know that I want to be here for 25 years, don't worry about that. On average, you'll be there two years. That's true. But wouldn't it So be- it's not that weighty of a decision. Right. But I would also want to think that that's two years. I'm willing to commit those two years, but I want it to also be of value to you as the employer. Oh, sure. To your customers and to me. And how great would that be is I have two years of experience and going back to your example where this particular small company or this mid-sized company has that opportunity to grow and to expand, that I'm part of that. I get to inspire that. Or I am I get to grow that company in that particular avenue. And grow my career. Exactly. Even with that same organization. So a bit it's so it's a back and forth. It's it's how are you both working together? And in the reality from HR's point of view, I'm going to hire your skills, Sue, as long as I need them. So you've been so helpful about how to prepare ourselves for the interview and to understand what the needs are of the buyer, being the the department manager, the business owner, HR, whoever you're interviewing with. But you know what your skills are. You know what your value you bring to the table. I want to make sure you present yourself in the best way you possibly can and also have the training on those trick questions that might take a left turn suddenly, like, but you don't have an MBA. Practice it. You'll get very good, but let your passion come through that this is the job I want. This is where I want to work. Hire me. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you in our next session.